In our social media age, when everyone's trying to boost their platform and preach their message, two pastors come together to put the pulpit aside and have some uncommon exchanges, some considerate conversations about cultural topics from a biblical worldview. We're not just trying to boost likes, comments, shares, and follows. We're trying to find some sanity, some clarity, and some unity in the midst of our diversity to offer some hope in a culture steeped in division, confusion, and toxicity. Come along with us as we put the pulpit aside. All right, one full season, eight episodes, all kind of topics, pulpit aside, coming to a conclusion for episode one. Will the pulpit aside podcast live? Or will it die? And today we're wearing color-coordinated clothes for those that are listening, so it's going to be good. <laughs> we want to take a moment to welcome everybody who is joining us today on Pulpit Aside. We want to thank you for being with us throughout our first season, eight yeah. episodes. This will be the concluding episode of season one. And we have talked back and forth about whether or not we will do this again for a second season with more episodes. So. And so we have some ideas and some thoughts, but we would love your feedback. We hope that this has just been a blessing to all of you who are listening. Yeah. First of all, thanks to everyone who's been listening. Some quick stats I added up. Uh, <laughs> we've had 306 listens on all our audio podcast platforms and 301 watches on YouTube. It's not it's bad. A pretty, it's pretty balanced. Pretty you know, modest yeah. following. Oh you, oh, you said, yeah. Well, it's that too. But, <laughs> but when we started this, did you think a bunch of people would listen to you? thought it was just relief of people, maybe in our churches and a few friends that we knew. I hoped it would go beyond just our friends. And maybe it will. Maybe it has. It doesn't look like it has yet. We haven't released yet <laughs> the YouTube video on women in ministry. That could be the one. Well, that, that could sends be the us one. viral. It could just be controversial. I don't know. Uh, so maybe that's our claim to people fame. People may not like we'll that see. one. We might get lots of feedback. Feedback, people telling us how much they didn't like it, too. Or... You know, there's no such thing as bad press, right? <laughs> but, isn't that what they say? That is what they say. You I'm know, not sure that you, I always agree with that. But... just act crazy because they, they want more attention. Well, their know? business celebrity is known to do that. So you are, you are right about that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'd say we have a modest following. And I didn't know what to expect. The honest truth was um, I know that there are literally millions of podcasts out there mm. you know so do we stand out will we stand out who's gonna listen to this thing i don't really know that's you know? true but i've really enjoyed the ride so far uh, you know i can say the same thing i've enjoyed our time together yeah. talking about different issues yeah, yeah. um even the one on deconstruction as we talked through it you were yeah. like you were telling me about it and i, and I said i don't even know what this is and then I once i looked it up i was like oh okay i know i know what it is but i didn't know this was the word that described okay. it so um it's, so yeah, yeah it's been uh that was you know what's crazy since that one i've heard deconstruction with individuals uh, talking to me about uh, deconstructing their faith probably half a dozen times now so well, and now that, I, I know what they're talking about like i don't have to like well what is that <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could help educate you. Yeah. I'm here for you, bro. Um, that was probably one of the most listened to segments for those two episodes mm. so far. They're, they're the highest listens on YouTube and uh, on our audio platforms. So we have gotten a little bit of feedback as we've gone through this first season. So I want to talk about the things that I've been told mm. that people, most of this feedback has been face-to-face. -face. So yeah, just okay. friends, people in the community, and what they love about pulpit aside which hey that that's cool 
Yeah. I'm glad they like it. Um, but the kind of feedback or what they love has been, they love and appreciate the example that we're setting in intentionally sitting down to have these dialogues mm. about complex issues instead of just kind of staying in our own camp, our own echo chambers, and just uh, two diverse guys being willing yeah. to have a conversation. They, they are saying sets an example for the rest of the church to, to mm. follow and have this conversation. Okay. I, so they love that, and I love that. Um, also, that the feedback I got, and that, that's kind of feedback from all kinds of people. And then um, other feedback I got is that seeing us as leaders, and this is more like the parishioner type person in okay. the pew, saying they, they so appreciate that we're willing to try to see from a vantage point that just isn't from, as it were, behind the pulpit. Got it. You know, that we're not on a stage looking down on people, that we're kind of like trying to get a 360. Mm. What, what do people feel about this or what are people experiencing and especially again about deconstruction to that we were we were not taking a hard line about how rebellious and evil people were <laughs> you know but that genuine people have real hearts and real hurt and mm. i think that meant a lot to people um i think uh people love that we are helping by having these conversations as as pastors out loud again not preaching a message you know not trying to like line by line the the scriptures, we're, we're teaching others to have a pastoral heart. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? How to, yeah. how to love people in the midst of complex issues. That's good. Um, and then what I love is that I've had other pastors in our city who are listening. Okay. And they're enjoying hearing us talk. <laughs> but I think, I think not just enjoying us talk, but they're being encouraged and equipped too. That's good. Um, not that we're any kind of, paragons of wisdom there's something to be said for just sitting down and being willing to have a conversation you yeah know, you get so good. much in it actually um i had a friend uh who used to talk about this that there was a belief in the ancient jewish culture and jesus kind of like sprung off this but um and i believe the word was kavanaugh and that when two or three people would discuss the, the word of God, the mm. Torah, they believed that God was there in their midst, mm. that the presence of God was in their midst speaking through one another as they just had a conversation. Sure, that's that good. was Kavanaugh. Yeah, that's okay. And I think that, that I think we experienced some of that, you know, and, and more people, if they're willing to sit down and have a conversation, they don't have to do it on a podcast, I think would experience more of that presence sure. of God. Uh, the learning from God, from each other, if they would just sit down and have those conversations. And and where I say Jesus sprung off this. He's like, wherever two or three are gathered, yeah, you know, yeah. in my name, I'm there. I'm right there. And so he was he was affirming that. But that that's what people seem to to love. Um, and we should, as we're wrapping up a season, talk a little bit about why we're doing this. Yeah, we should. We should talk about why we're doing it. And pulpit aside, when you initially came to me and said, "Hey, I got this," you know, this thought from God, this this thing I think I'm supposed to do, and I think I'm supposed to do with you, Pastor Coy. Initially, I was like, "Okay, man, I guess so." I mean, <laughs> You've been praying, and you're like, well, I don't want you to if you don't feel like... I didn't say, like, thus says the Lord. But you said, I don't want you to feel like you got to do it. If you if you pray about it and feel like the Lord doesn't want you to do it, so be it. And I remember even at that time when you said that, I thought, well, I mean, I can go pray, but unless there's a reason why I shouldn't spend this time, I thought that the idea you were pitching to me was a good idea. Yeah, I think that it is good for us to demonstrate to the church our ability to maybe have varying opinions or views on different topics mm. and then come to the table and instead of really trying to 
prove one or the other or my way or my view yeah. as opposed to your view. Kind of more so listening to your view, yeah. hearing it, yeah. and recognize that it may not fully change my view, but it gives me a greater appreciation for maybe a view I didn't have as much appreciation for. Mm. It gives me a little bit more understanding about a perspective or a vantage point that maybe I didn't have as much of respect or understanding about uh, before. Um, and again, it doesn't mean that I necessarily agree with it or always we're going to be on the same page because you know, I don't really know any two Christians who walk together in every issue Mm -mm. that there is in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that what we have found is we have found ourselves in greater agreement or at least in more of a general consensus of issues that you initially thought we might see differently on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're here to have what we say in our byline, uncommon exchange or or an uncommon conversation about- we want to be healthy. Yeah. Yeah, and and to model healthy conversation about things that can be complex, to be divisive. I mean, you say, I don't know any two believers who walk in perfect agreement about everything. I don't even know if I have perfect agreement with my wife about (laughs) the issue. I know I don't. (laughs) I was sweating for a second. I know I don't. Somebody's going to be like, you need some counseling, brother. No, 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 no. In fact, (laughs) the beautiful thing about it, there are times when my wife responds, her personality is different than mine. Some yeah. situations, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, baby, you didn't have to say it like that. You didn't have to do it like that. <laughs> but then there are times where her response is typical to her personality, and I'm kind of glad she did it. Mm. And God has used it at times oh, to show all me, the time. like, her personality, w- with the exception of the distortions that sin has created. Mm. A lot of her personality is what God gave her. Yeah. And then life and sin and experiences and trauma, or I'll say even strongholds that Satan presents as traumas in our lives. Um, because all those things, I think, kind of kind of run together. All These are different that, yeah. ways we could describe them. They start to kind of um, distort our personalities, mm-hmm. or they start to kind of take over mm-hmm. portions of our personality. And so then we act out of our general personalities, but that action has not been distorted. Mm-hmm through sin because of some traumatic experience, some thing that has taken place, or even a spiritual stronghold. And so there are times where I think my wife should be less aggressive. And I think that I'm right. She should be less aggressive. But then there are times where she's aggressive and I need to be more aggressive. Yeah, Yeah, and it's God. Yeah, Yeah, it's like she's doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's something I've learned over my years of marriage with my wife. So, So yes. we, we learn something from people who are different from us. Absolutely. And we can be challenged yes. uh, in a way that we need to be challenged. Yes. Like if we all thought alike and we're one big monolith, like we could be one lost yeah. monolith. <laughs> we could be if we all thought alike. Uh, right? So <laughs> or be very even if we all thought the right thing it'd be boring. Yeah, for sure. There would be no it'd be That's no true. there'd be no diversity in we, it. There would be total uniformity, um, even though we're walking mm, in unity. And the Bible is about diversity excuse me, unity, but with diversity, yeah. not just uniformity. I mean, God God created diversity. He loves it. Yeah. Uh, he uses it. And I think immediately of the, the Tower of Babel, you know, where they, they came into such a uniformity, but it wasn't godly. Right. And God had to mix it up, yeah. you know, violently yeah. in a yeah. way. Like <laughs> yeah. Scatter the people all about. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's uh, we can't all be thinking alike, and we're not supposed to. Um so that's why we're here to have the, these conversations and to help equip people by example, hopefully to to have conversations like this, to learn from one another, but to really to learn to listen to other people mm. and, and hear a story 
uh, you know, without uh, making assumptions or judgments, you know, you talked in the Holy Spirit episode about how we put God in boxes. Well, we tend to do that with one another too. And we, we almost lock people in their boxes. You know what I mean? Like, well, you look like this, you talk like that, you belong to that tribe and we just lock them in, yeah. you know, and that's where we see them forever. And that's really unfair. It is. Know? It is. We don't want to lay that kind of yoke on anybody. It's but, unfair, but it's too often it's too common. Yes. So we want to be uncommon. We do. But so that's our goal, you know, and it's not easy and, you know, it's a little messy. Uh, I need to say out loud if we haven't before, like, it's never going to be possible for us to express every viewpoint. And we're not mm. here even to try to prove anyone's viewpoint. No. You know? Generally speaking, we're not. That's, no. that's not the goal. <laughs> no. It's to have a conversation. Yes. And, and most of the time in a, in a, 45-minute episode, we can't typically even explore the depths of every topic or any topic, right, or even in part two parts. Yeah. You know, we've had a couple <laughs> two-part episodes. And, you know, I just want to say, to be fair to all our listeners, you you have a viewpoint too. Um, we may not say what you wish we would say. Mm. We may not say it how you wish we would say it. We may not explain everything. <laughs> and it's because we can't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we're not you. Um, we don't have that much time. And, and it's really not why we're here. That's, that, that is very good because it's not. We are here to... To hear vantage points, perspectives, we always try to make sure that the conversation, even though it's the pulpit aside, so it's not a sermon, where it is, it is, it is biblically based, mm-hmm. it is God-centered, mm-hmm. there are certain essentials that you and I both agree on with regard to the church and our faith that we're not compromising on. And if those issues come up, we'll probably be very direct about yeah. <laughs> those particular issues. But for the most part, there are lots of different things or concerns that we have as Christians or there are different experiences in which we're having and we're trying to figure out whether or not my experience truly fits what scripture is saying at times. Yeah. Um, so, so not so much how do I fit scripture into my experience or how do I fit my experience into scripture, but I, I know what happened or I know how I'm feeling and, and so now what does scripture say about that? Mm. And is there anything in scripture that would highlight or communicate or help me better understand? And what you will often find, I remember an old deacon in my church, he would tell me, he told me one time, you can make the Bible say anything you wanted to say. Uh, unfortunately, and there's been a lot I of that. I remember it was like, I was like thinking like, no, no, it kind of says what it says. He said, <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't say what it says. He just <laughs> said, I'm saying you could use the Bible to validate pretty much any argument you wanted to validate. Mm. Now, obviously, I think there are a few exceptions to that. But generally speaking, he was helping me to understand that when it comes down to the Bible and when it comes down to people's interpretations and people's um, uh, understandings, that that's where God, the Holy Spirit, through his, and through the Word will continue to work on us, but also through conversations like this yeah. to help us better understand, better see, better know recognizing that we will still only know and prophesy and understand in part the yeah. side of the resurrection. Yeah. And so it is a part of our faith journey that we're all on individually to try to, to walk this thing out yeah. in the best possible way yeah. to our understanding. There's a, an often quoted thing, and I've heard that it was St. Francis of Assisi. Others have attributed it to John Wesley, but I think um, it's so helpful for what we're trying to do, and it, it goes like this. It says, in essentials, unity, like on the non-negotiables yes. of the faith. Yes. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. But in all things, charity. That's in good. In other words, love. Yeah. Love no matter what. 
Um, keep the main things the main things. Yes. Let the small things stay small, <laughs> you know. Um, liberty. Liberty to, to one another in those spaces that maybe it's not so clear. Um, so... We've covered several things yeah. in, in this season. We we shared our stories. Yes, that was we did. Fun. That was fun. That was I, exciting. I still remember that. Just learning about you was so fun. Um, we talked really about how to have an authentic conversation, which I think we it, we've talked a lot about along the way as well. Uh, we hit deconstruction and church hurt. We got a lot of talk on that via our social media pages, and I'm glad that that people are listening. You know, yeah. to that. Um, but then we talked about Christian celebrities and celebrity Christians. We had a little differing viewpoint there. <laughs> I, I appreciated learning from you. Uh, and we uh, talked about the work of the Holy Spirit, and that was fun. Yeah. Um, and then we rounded out with two parts on, on women in, in ministry. Um, so, you know, I think it's been fun talking through all these things that we have unique perspectives as spiritual leaders and uh, that we're even willing to question one another sure you know and the status quo you know of christian thought you know but i i maybe i think too that koi you and i are unique i think that we 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 almost refuse labels like mm. by our personality <laughs> like i think we are so not about it which is why we land in these chairs yeah you know that's a good point. <laughs> like, and you know and let, and, uh, let me add we're to not that. tribalistic in any way shape or no form. we're not and we may refuse <laughs> labels but not like out of rebellion right so it's not so much like oh this is all wrong i'm out of here right it's more so i don't want to be locked in a box well yeah for that, me i don't want to be locked I in a box speak for you that, that is, that's that's <laughs> i wouldn't have put it in those terms but i think that's a good expression to even communicate or describe how I feel. I just, I'm a person who, my pro, one of my primary goals in life is seek to understand. Yeah. As opposed to seeking to be understood. I want to try to understand this other person. And when it comes to the church and to the faith, you know, why do you believe this? Mm-hmm. And why do you do that this way? And in that moment, if I'm seeking to understand them, then I'm trying to really suspend my own understanding mm-hmm. and just kind of like put it on the shelf for a minute so I can hear clearly what the individual is communicating. And mm-hmm. so that is a philosophy that I've tried to practice. Yeah. Seek to seek understand, to understand sure. as opposed to be understood. But you are right. I don't want to be put in a box and I don't want to put myself in a yeah. box yeah. Uh, that then kind of keeps me from maybe looking outside the box at times or seeing a truth that is not in my box yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to talk bad about some folks, but I do feel like there are some folks who like to wear their t-shirt so to speak like this is my tribe i'm wearing this i'm championing this cause you know whether it's you know their denomination or Mm. doctrinal stance or whatever like i'm gonna die on that hill yes i think some people really like that but i don't i don't (laughs) i don't i'm not here for that you know Uh, i'm not here to die on any doctrinal hills you know i'm here to live for jesus (laughs) i'll die on the hill that he's the only way to heaven sure that's a good Um, hill to die but I'm, you know, I just not really trying to, you know, separate out our tribes. That Recently, way. I was in a church doing a funeral and I didn't know this before I got there, but someone made a comment earlier in the service. I was doing a eulogy. And so earlier in the service, somebody was doing a scripture reading and they said, well, I know this is a traditional 
Baptist church and y'all King James version only, but I don't have a King James version, so I'm reading out the NIV. I thought to myself, I was like, oh, I'm in the King James version. Oh goodness! So I I have a King James version Bible. Okay. Really nice leather camel, or it's like a leather camel skin type Bible. Really nice, right? Yeah. Somebody got it for me a while back. And I keep it. And when I go to a church where I know it's a King James Version only, I take that, that, that particular Bible. Okay. Because for me, I feel like, hey, I don't necessarily feel the same way. Right. But in order to honor your tradition yeah. and kind of how you like things, uh-huh. and I'm here in your setting, I'm just going to do King James. Version. And I don't tell them, hey, I... <laughs> I brought my King James, but really I like the new yeah, Americans. Yeah, right, I, don't, right. I don't do that. I just, I use the King James version yeah. and I communicate God's word and God's truth. And that is a way for respect because I, I also can appreciate if someone thinks this way. Okay. Cause the good news is the same thing. The King James version is the same thing. The NASB. I mean, some words are different uh-huh. and some understandings might be a little bit different, but the main message is still uh, the main yeah, message. Right. <laughs> Some people might disagree. Well, some people would disagree, <laughs> which is why I wouldn't say that at a King James Version only church. I but, appreciate your uh, But definitely uh, just honoring uh, people yeah. and for their traditions. And Outdo one another in showing honor. Yeah, that's right. That's the Bible says. Yeah, that's what it says. That wasn't your moment to like defend <laughs> the fact that it, you know, King James isn't the only version, right? That wasn't the moment. No, that, no, no. That was no. the moment to honor the people in the room. It was. And bless the Lord by doing so. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, um, you know, in the course of the season, um, it's been a fun ride. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, We've shared a number of our own opinions, some of our own convictions. Mm. um, And us being, in a way, guys who kind of refuse to live within boxes. Yeah. But there may be, and I'm sure have been those who disagree with mm-hmm. even stuff that we've shared. So, I mean, how, how do we respond to that? Or, you know, do we want to talk about specifics <laughs> of, of some communications we received? So, uh, so we're at that point now in the show where we are, we are thinking through not only what we've done yeah. and the positive effects mm-hmm. that it's had on us and other people who have shared uh, some of their appreciation for the show. But we also have received those those comments or feedbacks or emails or information that people were maybe not as satisfied or maybe they were disappointed with regards to um, one of our shows or some of the things that we may have committed in the show. And so we did. We received, a, we received an email. Uh, and part of what we're going to do today is kind of discuss this email some. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we're not trying to put anybody on blast. We're not going to no. be naming anybody's name. But I thought that the email that we received, it was, it was written in such a way and it and aroused certain feelings inside of me personally, mm-hmm. uh, I'm speaking for myself now, that I wasn't sure if I wanted to say anything about it or not, but the more I talked to you about how I was feeling, I said, maybe, maybe, maybe we should address yeah, this, you know, yeah. in the spirit of love. And you said, as a teachable moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do we respond? Yeah, how do we respond to things like this? So I'm going to read uh, a portion of this email. And just try to dialogue about portions yeah, of it. Yeah. And, and, and because it's short enough, we may be able to get through all of it <laughs> in the time that we have. But I don't know. We get to talking. We may not get yeah. through all of it. <laughs> and so uh, let me say at the outset, though, this is really more so done in the spirit of love and also trying to seek understanding. Yeah. But communicate to our audience that, hey, maybe we need to think about what we say, how we say yeah. it, yeah. and the form in which we say it. So this particular 
Uh, email starts off with saying, hi guys, exclamation point. Listen to part two of Woman in Ministry and honestly was quite disappointed. Now at this point, you know, you're thinking like, oh, somebody's disappointed, yeah. right? Yeah. But I'm not necessarily overly concerned because at the end of the day, it was a difficult topic, mm-hmm. kind of like deconstruction mm-hmm. of one's faith. And you can't cover everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people may not hear what they wanted to right. hear, what they were hoping exactly. to hear. So I'm, I was disappointed. Then, then the, the writer goes on to say, you all clearly support the egalitarian view and honestly treated First and Second Timothy with a dismissive attitude as though it simply doesn't mean what it says. Now, at that point, in this second sentence, I, I kind of, I got in my feelings a little bit. You got triggered. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I got a little triggered. Why? And I got a little triggered because the assumption is that you and I are egalitarian. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting to me is we were never really talking about egalitarian. We didn't use that word. We never even used the word no. egalitarian, complementarian. I mean, the truth is, does everyone listening right now know what that means? I'm not sure. So maybe you should explain. Okay, so are you going to go through the points well, of egalitarianism? Can you, like in so, 10 seconds. So in 10 seconds, so in some sense, I guess if See, I'm going to for me, summary. For me, these are t-shirts people wear. And actually, I don't like them. I don't buy either. <laughs> I don't buy either t-shirts. But people, I'm complementarian. I'm egalitarian. I'm, for me, I, I don't subscribe to either. But okay, we got to talk about what they are. We do. So, so egalitarianism, in a, in a nutshell, could be summed up, you know, I'm using my own words, could be summed up in this, the, the traditional roles of male and female that have often been demonstrated or practiced within the church are roles that should be more equally shared. Yeah. So there is no headship in the home. Husband and wife, he's not the head. They are both equal partners in this. They come together. They make decisions together. Um, within the church, leadership. It's no longer a male-dominated type leadership, and therefore women have the right to serve in capacities of a pastor, elders, and other aspects where the leadership is more shared. So the, the general concept is that men and women are working together. They're on equal playing field. There is no sense of headship. Yeah. All right? Egalitarian, I think, simply put, would be complete equality. That would be a good way to put it, complete equality. And then what complementarianism, it was more of a traditional biblical role where there's headship, husband and wife, there is certain leadership structures in the church, and some may be more male-dominated because of what is written in First Timothy, because of what is written throughout other parts of the scripture. And then what we just see, what we see, a male kind of dominated um, with regards to writing the scripture, God using individuals to communicate what he's writing, and even to advance the gospel. It doesn't mean that women are excluded. It just means that the majority of them, vast majority of them, are men. And so there's this, and it doesn't lessen her significance or say that the woman is not as important, but that we function with different roles within the home and within the church. Complementary roles. Everybody has a role. Yes. They complement. They're different, and they complement one. Another. Yes. That's complementary. Yes. And so... So even just the way you explain those two, Coy, I think it's fair to say you're not egalitarian. I'm not egalitarian. I don't egalitarian. hear you, you, you saying <laughs> you subscribe to that tribe at all. I'm not egalitarian. Okay. Now, so we would just got called both of us by that label. How, right. how do you feel? Well, part of part of the <laughs> part of the, the trigger was this individual assumed mm. something about me because of a. Uh, 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 hour and a half podcast mm. in which really I wasn't the guest. Right. I was just here with the guest because it's our podcast yeah. and we let them share their story, kind of talk about it. And then we use scripture to kind of affirm mm. why not, she not only believed that, but why many people believe mm. this. 
So we affirm that as opposed to trying to create the argument against it or tell all the reasons why this should not be it. But even then, we weren't talking about egalitarianism. However, that is one of the aspects that is discussed in egalitarianism and complementarianism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So based upon what they heard and based upon even some of the things that I would have said, I can see how they made that assumption. But that's not true. Assumptions are dangerous they can be dangerous yeah. very much so yeah. and, and it wasn't that the that, that it wasn't based upon some things that were said or some facts or some information that they had it was just based upon but but it wasn't all true and so i can explain it like this i'm a calvinist so now i'm telling people what i'm i'm a calvinist i believe it's another t-shirt in predestination okay <laughs> but i'm not a five-point calvinist okay all right and so there are points of calvinism that have been summed up by his followers because he didn't even come up with Tulip. All right. right. His okay. followers did. Yeah, okay. That I'm not in full agreement with, but I still subscribe or to the, to the concept or to the belief of predestination. God supernaturally, sovereignly selected some while passing over others before the foundation of the world for salvation. I believe that. All right. Now, I don't necessarily share that all the time mm -hmm. because it, it's not really necessary. I don't think it's always necessary. However, if someone asks me, then I will answer the question. Mm -hmm. Just so, like I'm not a full-blooded five-point Calvinist. I'm almost done here. Okay, yeah. To hear me disagree with a point or two of Tulip and then to say, oh, you must be Arminian. Mm. Or to assume, oh, he's Arminian without just simply asking me. And I think because we have platforms today where this person didn't have to assume. Right. They could have just asked, mm -hmm. do you subscribe more to complementarianism mm -hmm. or, or egalitarian? They could have just asked. Mm -hmm. Well, so the trigger is the assumption in that this person doesn't know you. That's right. They don't. They just they made don't an know assumption me. about you. Yes. Um, and that's troublesome for anyone. Yes. In, in any way that we, we want to communicate and push the pulpit aside, we'd never want to assume. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, for the sake of that podcast and for any time we're, we're doing a topic, and especially if we have a guest, we're not trying to prove a point as much as we're trying to have a conversation and hear a story. Yeah. We, we were hearing her, her story out and giving voice to her story because her story in the gospel matters. Yes, you know? it does. Um, and it, it, it can help us think more deeply mm -hmm. about these issues. Again, instead of getting locked in a box, um, we can learn. We can be challenged. Yeah. You know, uh, instead of like digging our heels in, is there more you know, yeah. to this issue? Like you said, you know, some could say, well, I'm a five-point, if I'm a Calvinist, I'm going to be a five-point Calvinist, <laughs> you can never change my mind. <laughs> you know, Pastor Coy's over here is like, well, I'm not so sure I buy all five, you know? You know, and so for me, even, and, and it's funny because I thought about that as well when it comes to like egalitarian, complementarian, Calvinism, Arminianism, like to me, it's just more t-shirts. And while there are some people who like love to wear the t-shirt, mm -hmm. um, I don't find that stuff, and this is my stance, I'll right. say okay, for okay. me. All right, all right, you give me, you give me um, your stance. <laughs> I don't find it helpful in practically living out the gospel. Okay. That's a strong stance there, sir. It is. That's a very strong but stance. But the, the average person in the pew... Their, their belief on those doctrinal issues, does it change the way they love the world or lead people to Jesus? I don't think it should. 
Well, I will say this. I think that it can, but it doesn't mean that it has to. So if I come to the text as a Calvinist or or Arminian, as an Arminius, based upon how I understand my own salvation may determine how I treat somebody else. It may. It may even determine my worship of God a little differently at times, but it doesn't necessarily have to, but it can. Well, I feel like the, the evidence I see most often is it doesn't, it shouldn't, I don't believe it should, impact the way we love the world around us. What I mm. see more often with these t-shirt tribes, and that's a little demeaning, for me. It is me a little demeaning. Mass, <laughs> is we end up fighting in the church. We do. That's, that's most of what I see. We do well, a lot of times. I'm a Calvinist, you're an Armenian, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Like that, that we just throw in punches yes. at the end of the day. Is that helpful for loving the, the world around us? I'm not so sure it is. And that's a good point. And I, that's a good point. And I think that even based upon that last podcast, some things again were said that because of how egalitarianism is defined or described, it's not just rows in the house, but also rows within the church and the function of them. I, again, I can see how someone would have thought that. But if you know me, like if you know me, if you sat down and know Pastor Coy Boyer or just Coy Boyer, you know I'm a strong component of headship mm. in the home, and I'm a strong component of male leadership within a church mm. because of an order I think God has done in creation. But I'm not so staunch in it that when it looks or appears a little bit differently than what I see in scripture and what is the general practice as I, as I read scripture at times, I'm just more open to, okay, all right. You know, there was a time where women couldn't work and the Bible kind of can lead you to believe that they shouldn't work. They should be bearing babies and taking care of their home. And that's it. So <laughs> in our culture today with so many women working, I mean, how does that now, I'm not, cause I don't want to say to women, oh, you shouldn't be working at all because there are examples of women who actually are working. They mm-hmm. have their own businesses, Proverbs 31. Or yeah, even, that's what I was going to say. That Proverbs yeah, like 31 woman had, know, had a job Lydia she was doing. She was working purple. hard. <laughs> and so there are, some, there are some examples there where it takes, but it's not the norm. Mm. It's not the norm. And so, you know, again, at times I may have a viewpoint where there are 10 arguments to it, this viewpoint. And I agree with eight, mm. but I agree with two on the other side. Right. And so it's then hard to really say yeah. which one I am. Mm-hmm. I can tell you which one I may lean more mm-hmm. towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you only hear me express the two that don't fit in these or, mm-hmm. or the 10 over here, then you might think one thing. And, and all I'm saying is when this happens and we have the opportunity or medium to ask the person. Mm. Well, you know, we should, ask, we should be- ask, ask before ask the, assuming. Before we assume. Just ask before That's you good. assume. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The, now, now, this email goes on to say, uh, you support the egalitarian view and honestly treated First Timothy, First Timothy 2 with a dismissive attitude as though it simply doesn't mean what it says. So, I want to go on record by first apologizing because sure. I never wanted to come across as dismissive about or the text. Or dismissing the scripture. That's right, yeah. about the text. Absolutely. All right? And so, if, if, if our conversation was perceived that way, then I apologize yeah. because... That is not, I, I never not want to be seen as that. And I, that's never my intent. So if my actions did that, count it to my head, not my heart. Um, I love God's word. Mm. It is so important to my life. Mm. And I don't ever want to be perceived as taking it with a dismissive attitude, Absolutely. nor do I want yeah. to take it with Absolutely. a dismissive attitude. So for that, I do apologize. Um, 
because it was perceived that way, and that's not how I meant to perceive. It goes on that you sneered about how others understand the passage. And so even that, I kind of want to, additionally, uh, that was not my goal. I wasn't trying to sneer at how other people interpret the passage. I think what we were trying to do really was try to bring balance to the fact that people are interpreting certain passages understandably so a certain way. Mm -hmm. But then there are other passages in the Bible that at times seem to be saying something contradictory. And I don't believe the Bible contradicts itself. And so then it is up to us to do good exegesis, good study through Mm -hmm. prayer, Mm -hmm. conversation, Mm -hmm. um, to try to find the balance. And Mm -hmm. sometimes finding that balance is really, really difficult and very challenging. And so at that moment, I don't really know maybe where I, what I totally feel, I'm trying to figure out the balance. Yeah, holding truth in tension. There's tension yeah. to it. Yeah, you know, there we is. We got to put the whole story together. I was listening to, um, you know, a friend of mine sharing a message, and he's like, well, in this gospel, it's talking about Mary of Bethany. Mary poured it on his feet, but in the other gospel, it said poured it on his head. We've got to put the two together. Yeah. <laughs> she anointed him basically from head to toe. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's true, right? There's there's truth in tension, like, yes. um, and learning to walk that out is 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 what a a, a nuanced, mm. um, thoughtful Christianity I think looks like. Um, but I love what you said too. So we have truth in tension, and also that we should ask before we assume, because yeah. there's an assumption here um, that, uh, and you took this. A bit personally, right? You're an egalitarian. You you right. sneered at the other side, and you're like, "I'm absolutely not that," and I didn't do it that because I'm that. on that other side. Right, Essentially, right. Like, you you saw me on the wrong team, Vera. You know, but um, I think it, what it speaks to though is it's really what we're trying to be is um, to allow ourselves to be willing to be challenged. Yeah, you know, to to learn something beyond our box. Sure. And, and and then also recognizing that even when we learn something beyond our box, it doesn't mean that I'm going to leave my box. Mm. There are certain times I'm listening to people share their experiences and then even scriptures to attach to those experiences. Mm. And as I'm listening, I appreciate what I've heard and I can respect in a manner from just treating you with respect as I listen to you and hear but it doesn't mean that I fully accept it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, mean yeah. that when I go back to my own theological construct that what you have added to me has somehow been held on to and then added to my theological construct. It may just be something that I listened to and appreciated the fact that it was your story and then I kind of moved on. You too. can appreciate without agreeing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I see all these. Um, You're putting them together. I'm just kind of <laughs> pinpointing on them. I'm like, Come on, preacher. Yes. <laughs> Come on, preacher. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. Some of the things that, that was written in this email was this. Um, it goes on to say, you didn't even address Paul's reason for stating this. Well, let me give you the, the first part about this. Though you emphasize the need to understand context, which I agree is critical, they say, you didn't address the passage itself except to say it was cultural, so we can ignore it, in parentheses, and that elsewhere women talk in church, so it doesn't mean what it says. You didn't even address Paul's reason for stating this, which he gives as being rooted in creation, and that eliminates an easy dismissal from cultural context. Now, some of this I actually agree with because it's part of the argument for women not serving as pastors or in leadership positions in ministry. So I'm very familiar with it. I do think that it makes some sense. So it's not like I don't understand uh, what the individual is writing in this email from the standpoint of having heard it before and even ascribed to it for the most part. Mm -hmm. 
but because of the nature of that podcast, again, we weren't there to try to really yeah. deal with the ins and outs of, of egalitarianism uh, versus um, complementarianism. We weren't trying to prove that women no. should be in ministry or shouldn't be in no. ministry. We were sharing, we were listening, and then also sharing some of our own experiences and some of the own things that we have struggled and wrestled with. Yeah. And I think that's the part that got overlooked possibly for this listener. And I'm yeah. saying possibly because I don't want to assume. Maybe I don't there's know. others. Could be, yeah, there could you know, be other listeners. One, one hand raised yeah. <laughs> represents many who didn't raise that's, their yeah, hand. That's right. That's, that's right. Say, so. So I don't, and I don't want to assume all of what they were thinking, but I will say this. When you're listening to our podcast, there are some things that you are settled on, mm. that I am settled on. And then there are some things that I'm wrestling with. Yeah. And when it comes to women in ministry, I'm willing to admit that while before in the past I was very much settled in where I was at, as some time has gone on, I've begun to wrestle more. Mm. And I don't know exactly where I stand. Mm. I, I can't really give you a definitive, hey, this is what I believe, this point, this point, this point, this is why I believe it, this reason, this reason, and this is a reason, but I'm wrestling. Mm-hmm. And at times, you will get us in the midst of our wrestling. Mm-hmm. At times you will get us and we're settled on the issue. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to, in the church, just demonstrate a greater space for grace when I'm wrestling. Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm sharing with you as I'm wrestling through this process yeah. and I haven't really decided what hill I'm going to stand on. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we definitely weren't out to prove it any particular vantage point, although I think it it would be easy to perceive or assume. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let, let's be fair about that. Yes, absolutely. Um, because we were j- mainly giving voice to her story, and it was beautiful. It and, was a and good story. I wanna, I wanna praise God for His work in and through that woman of God. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line. Um, I think humility says, or should say, or should posture us to say that none of us gets it 100%, right? Mm. I mean, the truth is we all think we're right. You know, I'm right. I'm right yeah. because I'm right. You know, <laughs> that, that's generally how most of us live. But humility has to admit that I'm not getting this all right before God. That if God were to come down and, you know, analyze every one of us and our doctrine, none of us would get an A plus on the test. Mm. That's the truth. I know it. Why do we have a 10,000 factions? Sure. You know, we disagree on a million things and I don't think God gets a, you know, gives a gold star to anyone saying, you got it all right. You know, right. I think he allows us to have this diversity and disagreement, honestly, because it's the proof of love and how we would treat mm. our brother when we disagree with That's them. That's good. And if we all just agreed, we wouldn't have as much opportunity to exercise authentic love for one another. That's true. Um, because yeah, authentic but, love is choosing to love. Well, authentic love really works at its best when we do disagree, mm. but yet we still demonstrate this sense of love yeah. and consideration yeah. and care for one another. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's, I know that's hard to hear, but I, I'm sure that that's true, that if God gave us a test, we'd all get a few wrong. You know what I mean? Like, and, but he's not. You know what I mean? And wow. it's not going to keep us in and out of heaven either. Right. You know, so um, I think humility has to posture ourselves that way that we are all on a journey of being perfected yes. in love and in, in our belief and in our relationship with Jesus. So I hope that we're all growing. 
Yeah. I hope that none of us sits and says, well, I have arrived. You mm. know what I mean? Um, I learn so much more by taking a humble approach to, to listen, to learn, and let God instruct me. And so for me, I, I feel like I can read or hear someone who's egalitarian or complementarian and say, I see valid points on both, both sides. y'all. Yeah. I hear you all looking at the scripture mm-hmm. with genuine hearts of faith, with a desire to understand. Like same thing with folks who are Calvinist versus Arminian. I can listen to both sides. I see valid points, mm-hmm. you know, on both sides, yeah. you know, and yeah. in some sense, it's almost like God has allowed the mystery. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not thundering from heaven. <laughs> It's Calvinism, guys. You know, he's not doing that. You know, he he lets us wrestle. Yeah. You know, the other stuff that, that's clear is clear. Yeah, the, yes. There's there, one yeah, way to heaven. Right. Jesus is the only savior. <laughs> you, you only get by in by faith, faith. You know? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there are there are those. That's that's really good. A um, couple more things that I want to highlight because I'm trying to give some, some um, not only clarity, but some space for the actual email of itself because I don't want to, you know, just bring up certain parts and take something out of context. Um, the statement was made, you stated Priscilla, and uh, Priscilla was a leader of a church in our house when the scripture says no such thing. Her and Aquila appeared to be a very hospitable husband and wife team, but nowhere does it say they led a church. Uh, pulling Apollos aside privately as a husband and wife team is not leading a church. And I, I agree with that. In fact, I listened to the podcast again, and at one point when we were talking about Priscilla and Aquila, um, the comment was made, yeah, they were, they were, they were leading the church. And we, I think we said it in jest, not trying to be accurate from the standpoint that they were actually leading a church. I believe Priscilla and Aquila were both evangelists from what I can see in the Bible. And one of the purposes of bringing that up was because one of the gifts in Ephesians 4, 8 is, is evangelism. And I believe that Ephesians 4, or I'm sorry, 8 through 12 is not just talking about men. Mm. I think it's about people, mm. almost like the, the Joel passage and the Acts connection. I think it's about mm. people. And so I didn't do that to validate women as evangelists. I just realized that I always understood this text in Ephesians as gifts only given to men mm. for leadership. But then I saw an example one day I'm reading the book of Acts. I'm like, dang, I think she's an evangelist. Yeah. Like this kind of, and she seems to be very active in it. This is just like it's a one-time thing. Which would make sense with Philip's daughters who are called prophetesses. Who are called prophetesses. Yeah. yeah so even in that case, it's like I'm seeing these gifts being manifested in women. And so now, now I'm saying my theological construct that I grew up with, that I've always believed, that I've always defended. Uh, how does this fit? Mm-hmm. which creates my wrestling match mm-hmm. because I see some examples. Even though I still believe the norm <laughs> that God is usually, dem- he has demonstrated that he has used men more often than women in certain capacities of not only leading a church, but proclaiming it and carrying the message. And while I think culture is important in that because women weren't allowed to do it to the same capacity, I also think that God is outside of time mm-hmm. and he could have did something different than if he wanted to, but because he has this general majority of the time using doing it this way, I have a great appreciation for that norm that I see in the text without dismissing or eliminating when he steps outside that norm. Mm-hmm. And whenever he's using women, it seems like he's stepping outside the norm, but he's using them and therefore Maybe the norm is partially what is normal to us, but him also trying to stretch us yeah. 
to who he actually yeah. is. And I think it'd be no, in some ways it'd be similar to Jesus saying, hey, it is written, <laughs> but I tell you, because yeah. he's helping him understand. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, got yeah, the, yeah. you got the just of the law, like, you got the words of the law, but you don't really yeah, understand yeah. the full application yeah. of the law. Yeah. So. That's so, fair. I respect your <laughs> viewpoint and opinion, Toy. <laughs> I may not agree, but I appreciate you. <laughs> Now, now, I'm we're, telling the now, truth. now we're getting to I'm telling the now truth. we're getting to our, our times where it's like, oh, oh, they don't always see eye to eye on stuff. <laughs> we need a little more disagreement, you and I, Chloe. Yeah, we really do. We probably maybe, do. Maybe season two. We probably do. <laughs> Something that this writer says, I mentioned a lot of my previous email that was relevant that you didn't touch on. And this was the second email that we got. And in the first email, they did highlight several different points. And I want to go on record saying that by the time we got the first email, the podcast was done. We'd already, it already recorded, been recorded it. Just and we had released. split up into two yeah. parts. So yeah. there was no way for us to address the things that were mentioned right. because it was it already, already done. done. So, but I get it. But, but so they're, they're accurate in what they say, but there's a reason for that. I would happily support the egalitarian view of I can be convinced from scripture, but no one has made a convincing case. Um, he again quotes Ben Witherington, an egalitarian stated when talking about the rapture, though it applies elsewhere that you change Though, 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 though it applies elsewhere, that you can't change 2,000 years of orthodoxy when the Bible, of course, hasn't changed. Um, then he sa they say, you really need to treat this issue with the more exegetical hermeneutic. Uh, that also was offensive it is. to me. Um, because that, impl that implies that you and I haven't spent time right. wrestling with it, studying it, listening, and even praying and trying to hear God's voice in it. Right. I don't think their true. I don't think their intent was to be offensive with that, but yeah, that that is offensive, and and it, and it would appear I, I I don't want to assume, but it would appear based upon what has been written here, they have their view, and I'm fine with right. with their view, and I think that when you have a view, it's harder to convince you of anything outside of that view. Not impossible, but it's much more challenging. And so, well, I think it goes back to again, we weren't. We weren't here to prove a point. We're here to have a conversation. We weren't here to prove a point whether or not women should be in ministry or not, or we weren't trying to tell everybody, hey, this is what the Bible says, and this is absolutely what it is. We were simply appreciating perspectives yeah. based upon biblical concepts, personal experiences mm -hmm. with one of God's people. Because I have no doubt in my mind that Pastor Tasha loves the Lord, is preaching oh the gospel, goodness. and She's believes awesome. that Jesus has saved her life. And so <laughs> I'm dealing with a, a sister in Christ here, and I'm saying, hey, share. Yeah. And I'm trying to be very much uh, empathetic slash sympathetic to, to what I'm hearing, yeah. and at the same time, glean. Because yeah. I'm going to grow as a result of yeah. this time together. I mean, I will say for me, I can't speak for you, but I'm happy to maybe drive a wedge for a minute in mm. what we think we understand, you that's know, good. so that we can take a moment to ask a good question, you that's know, kind of, to good. look at the scripture again, to ask the Holy Spirit for help. I think we all need that. We need to be challenged. You may not agree, but why not at least appreciate a moment to, to have a wedge driven to, to be challenged? So it, it, you can respond one of two ways, you know, you, you look at it again, you get a different viewpoint, maybe you change your viewpoint a little bit, or... You look at it again, you double mm -hmm. back, and you strengthen your position. Yeah. Fine. You know what I mean? But we shouldn't be afraid to be challenged a little bit, to be questioned a little bit yeah. on the non-essentials. You know, it's, it's interesting because actually I agree with that. I think at times I invite certain conversations that are different than my own theological construct or box that 
I'm in because I want to really hear. And I'm yeah. hoping that they're going to say something that will cause me to like pause and yeah. think. Yeah. And this is kind of what has happened with me on certain, I mean, I'm a Dallas seminary grad and I don't ascribe to all that Dallas says from doctrinal stands and statements with regards to certain issues. Mm. But for the most part, <laughs> I lean towards what I learned there. I mean, uh, for a lot of the most part. Uh-huh. Um, but there were some things where, I, you know, based on the experiences and relationships with people, other Christians hearing their stories and then reading the text with, yeah. with kind of not with, different lenses. with a different lens. Yes. I was like, Man, there's some room for this. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so I, yeah. I, I, I just, it, it, I assume that this writer has done lots of work and lots of study based mm-hmm. upon the emails that they have mm-hmm. sent. And I guess I would like to say in courtesy I, I, for both of us. I mean, we spend a lot of time on this. And so um, you really need to treat this issue with more, the more exegetical hermeneutic that's implied that I didn't, or we didn't. Final statement, kind of bummed with this episode, uh, which is fine because you're not going to like every, actually, I can appreciate that too. (laughs) This one was one of my favorite. I got a couple, I got one or two of him last, one of my favorites, but you know. What are you trying to say? So I'm just saying, (laughs) some are better than others. That's true. I like them all. Yeah, you do like them all. It's obvious you like them all, all right? Maybe I just like to talk. (laughs) But then the last statement says, hey, kind of bummed with this episode, but I love you guys and appreciate the podcast. Um, That last, but I love you guys and I appreciate the podcast. From my context, comes across as a little passive aggressive. Really? Yes. And I know it's probably just me more personally, um, but... It's, it's almost like, hey, you know what? You did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. But you know what? I love you. And it's almost like I, 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 I didn't feel loved. Mm. I didn't feel loved. Um, and that is going to be unique to the person. Mm-hmm. So here's what I did. To, I said to myself, let's not focus on how the words made you feel. Right. Let's look at the words the person chose to use. Yeah. And the words they chose to use was, I love you guys and appreciate the podcast. And at that moment, I said, I'm not going to assume it's passive aggressive. Uh-uh. I'm not going to assume this was done out of something other than love. I'm going to assume that the individual who wrote it, and this is me making an assumption, but I'm assuming the best yeah. about someone who obviously well, is, is, a, is a member of the body of Christ. Yeah. And so I'm assuming the best. And so I believe this person loves us, yes. appreciates the yeah. podcast, and wants the best. And so I'm going to assume the best. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that they took time to write mm-hmm. a letter and share. But I also want to acknowledge and say, sometimes this is not the best way to communicate mm-hmm. information like this because I can't hear a tone. Right. I can't see facial expressions. Yeah. And I'm left to read yeah. these words with an interpretation based upon my experience. Mm-hmm. And that may not be the best thing because it could create greater tension. Mm, yeah. And uh, an argumentative spirit. And in some ways, you know, it did hurt. But mm-hmm. I got past my hurt <laughs> and acknowledged the fact that I, I think this individual loves us, loves a podcast, yeah. and was simply sharing their advantage point, their perspective. Communication can be complicated, can it? <laughs> but... What I was saying is that's what love does. Like I always come back to, I, we said this in at least one podcast, but 1 Corinthians 13 has to be our manual. Like it does. what is our approach? Even when somebody 
feels like it feels like they're coming at us. Mm. Love always hopes, always believes, yes. always trusts. You know, and so that I I interpret that. I'll say it that way to mean I assume he means what he says. Absolutely. He he really means to say he loves us and appreciates the podcast, and I appreciate that. Yes, I appreciate that so too. So I, I have no other choice in love but to believe him at his yes. word. Yes, the same as I always want him to do for me. Absolutely, absolutely, you know, absolutely. To, to believe me at my word. Yeah, what I say, I mean. Yeah, you know. And if our listeners who are listening, you know, are hearing this, please know this: I'm really good. I am really good. Um, in ministry. Heck, or in, in life. life. In life, we're not always going to agree. That's and at right. times, we're going to communicate uh, our vantage points, our perspectives in a way that may offend the other party. Mm. And yeah. it, that may not have been the intent. No. So if it's not the intent, then let us, again, assume the best of one another. Yep, and even if it was someone's intent, I still, we still need to, as the body of Christ, make sure we conduct ourselves in a way that tries to preserve the peace that yeah, Christ has created. That's right. And posture ourselves in uh, love. Amen to that. So this is a good moment for us. It was a good moment. It a was good a good way to, to actually end season one, but it, it really begs the question of, could we, could we really end? No way. We've only <laughs> just begun. There will be a season two. <laughs> there has to be. Wait, are you be. not in? Do I need another co-host? No, do you want another co-host? I'm going to put out some applications. You application. well, you, know, you might get if a you lot of takers. you're not now. all in, bro, I mean. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm going to be here. I have actually let go of other um, opportunities that have come my way because I want to make sure that I have the time to continue to commit to this work oh, that we awesome. are doing. So It's a good work. It is. You know, this was a bit of an experiment. To try this, and yep. it still it still is. Mm-hmm. Um, but my hope uh, is that we could grow our listener base in the days yes. ahead. So, um, if you're out there listening, you love us and appreciate us, like our brother who emailed. <laughs> yeah, uh, if yes. you're blessed, you enjoy the journey. Tell someone about this podcast. Um, share it. Uh, the YouTube channel, subscribe to it on your favorite platform, but tell somebody else. Um, we may be even uh, entertaining the idea of having sponsors as we come into the next season, and so we'd like to invite others out there to do that if that's something you'd like to do to help uh, fund what we're doing with with the podcast and help us grow. Let us know. You can always reach us uh, via email at pulpitaside at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at Pulpit Aside. Any parting words? Cole? Just thank you for being with us this first season. We do love and appreciate all of you who are our listeners. Um, and we ask that you would share and that you would continue to give us feedback. We mm-hmm. do enjoy the feedback. And so thank you just for not only introducing me to this or inviting me into this experience, but to our audience for giving us the opportunity to come into your cars, your <laughs> your cell phones, or wherever your you're AirPods. listening, your computers, your, wherever you're listening to us, we just... Thank you for this opportunity. So join us in season two coming soon as we push the pulpit aside.